there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by The Weather Channel. It's suggested that brands avoid using sound effects in podcast ads. And remember to speak in a chill tone. Well, here's a suggestion for everyday life. Tap into the Weather Channel app. It's loaded with insights that help you manage your allergies, breathe easy, and use your outside voice. What in the weather are you waiting for? Be a force of nature with the Weather Channel app. This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Fighting out of New York. Standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall and wearing the red, white, and blue trunks, presenting Kyle Grant! Oh yeah, thank you Bruce, thank you for everyone listening, everyone watching, we're going to get into this one, it's going to be good! It's 10 questions, you know how it goes, 10 questions just like the title says for every single contestant. It has something to do with their life, something to do with their career. They leave here with a score, not just about having a conversation, plugging this, plugging that. You compete here. You compete for a score. You can get a 10, you can get a 1, you can get a 5, whatever it may be. Before we bring in today's contestant, I want to make sure that today's contestant has a sense of what they're competing against. Let's hear some prior contestants along with their final scores before we light this candle. I'm Keegan-Michael Key, and I got a 6 out of 10. I'm Tyra Matthew, and I got a 6 out of 10. Hey, I'm Steve Smith Sr., and I got my ass kicked, and I got 3 out of 10. I'm Josh Allen, and I got a 9 out of 10. Woo, Josh Allen with a scorching 9 out of 10, our all-time co-leader. But enough about those guys. Let's talk about today's contestant. My intro music, please. This gentleman has the coolest last name in all of sports, if not the world. I think he might also have the coolest fiance in all of sports, if not the world. And he has been on a drunken Super Bowl boat parade, and you and I have not. That means he's winning and that naturally means his name is Chris Godwin. Welcome to 10 Questions, Chris. <laughs> What's going on, Kyle? I appreciate you for having me, man. Are you ready for this? Do you even know what you're about to do, Chris? You've done it all, but have you done this, and are you ready? Uh, I have not done this yet, but I am as ready as I can be. I'm ready to okay. get it. I'm going to help you with that. Chris, 10 questions like the show says. Now, I promise you, you're going to think some of these are very strange, but I also promise you, I'm going to connect it to you. There will be a connective tissue to you. Uh, If you get the question right, Chris, you get a point, and you hear this beautiful sound that's going to sound a lot like this. Okay? Touchdown. Mm -hmm. However, goes off your hands, overthrows you, something where you can't connect, and you get the question wrong, you hear this. You haven't been hearing one of those in a while, Chris. You've been doing a lot of winning on and off the field. So let's keep that up. Um, should you stumble or should you just be totally confused? At one point throughout the 10 questions, you get a lifeline. And the lifeline is called Ask a Millennial. Now, you're so young that our millennial is actually older than you, but we're just going to run through it anyway, all right? <laughs> He's 26. So Ask the Millennial, which might as well be for you, like Ask a Boomer, we will do it. And you get to use that one time through the 10 questions. Chris, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it. Enough with the rules. Let's get to game day. That's what this guy's all about. Here we go. Question number one for Chris Godwins, the world champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Chris, your first category for question one is food. Food. Here we go. According to a recent poll, Americans named what as their number one favorite food? Um... I would say cheeseburger. Chris Godwin with a very quick answer of cheeseburger. I know he has a lot of convictions about food. Does this one lead him in the right direction? Is America's number one favorite food cheeseburgers? All right, Chris. I wonder if you're going to kick yourself. We 
the uh, most obese country in the world, our favorite food, according to this poll, our number one is pizza. I was going to say that, too. Pizza. Oh, my God. See, you go fast, Chris. <laughs> Take your time in this thing. We're not up against it. We have no commercials. There's no next contest. It's all you. It's pizza. Chris, I know that you are one of these guys who secretly we all hate because you're one of these healthy eaters. Body is temple. You got a <laughs> ripped six pack. When is the last time you had a big old greasy piece of pepperoni pizza? Ah, oh, man, that's a good question. Um, so <laughs> last time I had like a traditional like slice of pizza, uh, got to be college. Like really, got to be like 2015, 2016. Um, we used to go to pizza like every yeah, we used to go to pizza at, uh like frequently, like once, twice a week or something like that. Like that was our spot. Um, but. Not so more, not not as much recently. So you went to Pizza Hut. Nobody out pizzas the hut, allegedly. You're at State College, you're a college kid, you're eating pizza, and you're having this incredible college career. I know since then you've had really strong convictions about health and choices. I always find it fascinating with athletes like you. Do you think that if you had just kept on eating Pizza Hut, eating whatever you want, do you really think that you would have had one fewer reception, one fewer yard in the NFL if you would eat? Does it make a difference on the field for you? Uh, yeah, I think so. I, I yeah. think uh, overall it translates. Um, I think if you just eat, you know, if, if you eat them kind of sparingly, then, you know, it might not necessarily impact you, but if you eat them every day, it just slow you down. So in turn, less catches. So I got to, mm-hmm. I got to stay on top of my game, man. You do. And you haven't been to Pizza Hut since. No stuffed crust, none of that nope. stuff. Do you ever no, get a craving? You ever like it's Saturday night, you're sitting around, you're like, damn, man, I'm getting nostalgic. I want to get some Pizza Hut. Yeah, I, I am a big, uh, a big nostalgic guy. So like sometimes like my, my friends will have some pizza. I'm like, man, that looks real good right now. Like, you know, like who's going to know? But then I never I never really pulled a trigger. You know, it's, it's been so long. It has set me back. It's amazing to have that kind of discipline. We moved to question two. Chris did not get question one. Understandably, you chose cheeseburger over pizza. I'm going to bring it home for you. Your question number two category, Chris Godwin, is geography. All right. Reggae legend Bob Marley briefly lived in what U.S. state? Is it Delaware or Pennsylvania? Uh, Pennsylvania. You believe that Bob Marley lived in Pennsylvania, not Delaware, but Pennsylvania? Not Delaware. I, I Both of these I, states, of course, you have history in. Yeah, you I played your I college would. football in Pennsylvania, Delaware. What do you think, Chris? Think a lot. Yeah, I, I think I'm going Pennsylvania because I feel like I would have been told that at some point growing up in uh, in Delaware, like in school. They're like, oh, yeah, Bob Marley would have like lived here once. Uh, but I don't remember that. So I'm going to go Pennsylvania. Chris Godwin says Pennsylvania. Did Bob Marley, the legend, the Buffalo soldier, did he live in Pennsylvania? Damn, no way. <laughs> All right. Bob Marley and his mother moved from Jamaica to Wilmington, Delaware for a period of time uh, before he eventually went back and he started making music in Delaware. But you said it perfectly, Chris. You spent so much time in Delaware. No one ever said, hey, did you know that Bob Marley used to live here? No one's ever said that to me. This is the first I'm hearing about it. Uh, Honestly, I got to go back and reevaluate who I had around me because that's something that I should (laughs) have (laughs) known. All right. Well, it's a perfect segue, though, because, all right, Delaware. Chris, you got Delaware roots. I, I sent some Delaware pride. Delaware gets crapped on. Like it has, it is a punchline. All right. People hear Delaware and they think Wayne's world, Joe Flacco. And like, that's basically it. Stand yeah. up for your state. I don't even think some people know it's a state. Like tell me why Delaware is awesome. Honestly, I, I, I look at the people that don't know it's a state. I look at them a little bit off. Cause I'm like, yo, you had to learn this at some point. It's the first state. Like that's, that's more on you than it is on us. Uh, but now I'm at Delaware. It's a great state, man. It's it, it's small. You know, you can go in and out in about an hour. But you know, you're in a, a good a good spot to get to. You know, Maryland, D.C., uh, New York, Pennsylvania. It's it's a prime location. You know, it's it's a little bit slower pace, which is my tempo. You know, mm-hmm. and and you got a lot of people there that uh, that are very prideful. So I'm I'm a Delawarean. You know, a Delawarean that just won a Super Bowl at that. So hey. come on now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Delaware. It's, it's a good spot to be, man. It is. And I've driven through it before. It's quick, man. There's like Real that quick. one rest stop and then you're out of it. 
You also, of course, you leave Delaware, you go to play college football at Penn State. Amazing, amazing career there. I read that you say once, playing in Beaver Stadium was one of the top three things you've ever done in your life. Mm-hmm. What else is on that list at this point, Chris? Uh, at this point, it's winning a Super Bowl and, uh, and proposing to my fiance. That, that's got to be top three. Okay, so Beaver Stadium, winning the Super Bowl, proposed the fiance. We're going to talk about number two and number three a lot in, in this conversation because they're both incredible. And correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, you have an upcoming wedding. That's correct. Are you ready to roll? Man, it, it's, it's getting here so much faster than I thought it would. Like, we get mm-hmm. so it's in May, right? And we get to the end of the season. And like, normally the season for us ends in January. And so I'm like, cool, we got like four or five more months to go. And then like, my fiance was like, yo, like it's in two and a half months. I was like, nah, nah, there's no, there's no shot. It's right here. So it's, it's coming up on us pretty fast. And uh, I'm getting more and more excited, but also more nervous. I understand it. I, I, you know, one of the, I've been married for 11 years. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the most stressful parts of it is the guest list, you yeah. know, and then you got to do like, who are your groomsmen? Who's your best man? All that stuff. I would imagine it'd be really difficult for you because you work with 52 brothers yeah. every single Sunday. Like you can't invite the whole roster or can you, how do you go about <laughs> planning a wedding when you're an NFL player? Yeah, it de- it's definitely been interesting. Um, like you said, I, I have, I've had, you know, 52 guys on the team with me and then I've had countless teammates across like, over the years at Penn state and here that, that yeah. I got a lot of love for. So like narrowing that down was hard, but I think we ended up just settling on like a smaller wedding, like a smaller venue. And so like that already is like, you know, sorry, we can't invite everybody. You know what I mean? That gives like a little excuse. And, um, and then I, like, we just ended up going with the guys that were like the closest to us. So the people that I hang out with the most or that kind of seen our relationship develop. It's tough still though, isn't it? Cause you got to make cuts. <laughs> it's like, make cuts. it's like a training camp. Like you got to be like, Sorry, Scotty Miller, turn in your playbook. I'm sorry, it's been great. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But my boy Scotty's coming up. That, that, okay, Scotty made the cut. Scotty made the cut, though. Scotty made the cut, yeah. So it, right. it's, it's definitely hard. But honestly, you kind of just hope that the people that are invited just don't go talking around the people that weren't invited. I hear you. Last question, we'll move on. If you had to predict right now, Tom Brady was a Super Bowl MVP. Who do you predict will be the MVP of the Godwin wedding reception? Oh, um, that's a great question. I'm Someone saying, we know, not your, not your cousin, <laughs> Kevin. I'm talking about right from the Bucks or something. <laughs> that, is a, that is a great question. Um, I would say, uh, honestly, either Mike or Scotty. Uh, Mike, Mike, you know, Mike likes to have a good time. And I didn't know how, how great of a time Scotty is, you know, especially at, you know, at these great events. You know, Scotty... He's a little fun size, but <laughs> a fun size ball of fun, man. He's um, <laughs> Scott, Scotty has some of the best energy I've been around. Me, great dude. He is great, and he's fun to watch. The second he gets on the field, too, the offense goes. I, I love goes. Scotty Miller, and just yeah. wait till he gets to you know the flow rider on the dance floor. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got important business here, though, Chris, because you're starting over two, and yeah. I'm a really big fan of yours. So I want to get this right. Question number three. Remember, you have the lifeline, the Ask a Millennial Who's Older Than You lifeline. Question number three is name the movie. I am going to just play a movie clip, and you have to say the name of the movie. I got to tell you, Chris, I do my research. I looked everywhere on the internet for some of Chris Godwin's favorite movies. I couldn't find anything. Couldn't I found find a lot it. of stuff. But it's not out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, man. I, I felt like I've seen like a lot of movies, and then I got here, and I started talking to like Mike, and Mike's a big movie guy, and like yeah. he started like quoting movies, and he's like, "Name that movie." I'm like, "Fam, I have no idea." So, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. I got my lifeline though, and he's older than me. All right, and if you want to Facetime Big Mike Evans in this, you can do that too. I'll yeah. allow that. But here we go, because I don't want to go for three. Chris Godwin, listen closely and name this movie. Listen up, this is our time now. Second half is our time. We're going to make some changes on defense. It's spreading us out too far. We're going to put Sunshine, Allen, Glasgow, Davis. You're going to play both ways. Rest of the game. I don't want a receiver to get across that line of scrimmage. Uh, shout out to Denzel, man. Uh, remember uh, the Titans. Come on now. <sighs> remember yeah. the Titans. Come on Denzel. now. It's a quick answer. Please tell me Chris Godwin has a point. Is it remember the Titans? Yeah! All right. We're on the board, baby. Were you nervous? That's it. 
I, at first, but then when I heard it, I said, oh, man, that's, that's Denzel. Everybody knows Denzel, man. Come on. Know, and it's right? a classic, too. It is. And I'm, I'm thinking, shoot, it's a Denzel movie. It's a football movie. you got to know it. We're listening to the speech that he gives the team. Super Bowl at home, Tampa, different deal. We've never seen it before. Who gives the last speech to the Buccaneers? Is it is it Uncle Bruce, the head coach, or is it the, your quarterback, the GOAT? Oh, um, so... Uh, for the Super Bowl, it was uh, it was Tom. So BA always gives like a little speech. You know, he's not like a big like rah rah guy. He just kind of says like his piece, and then typically it's uh, Devin or Levante that talks throughout the season. Um, and then the Super Bowl, you know, they both said their thing, and Tom's like, "Yo, I got a last word," and he gives like this epic speech. And it, I think it, it it hit a lot harder because like he didn't speak at all. Like he didn't give any previous speeches throughout the year. And so it's like, yeah, like this moment is like, like that tells you how big the moment is when Tom gets up here and he gives like this legendary speech. I'm like, yo, that's live. That is very dope. Like we were all ready to go. He's he's about to play in his 10th Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were on the Chiefs. A lot of people had them winning it. What does he say? What do you remember? Is it is it just this rhetoric? Is it from the heart? What what kind of thing does he say when he gets up in front of you guys? It was a little bit of both, right? Like it's, so it's, it's the rhetoric, you know, like it's, it's what he's saying. It's how he's saying, how passionate he is, you know, like you could tell, like he really means this, you know, like he's talking about like, you know, about the game and like, you know, uh, honor and, and, and what this game will, will mean to everyone's legacy, you know, going out and winning this and being that team. You know, and and he's like, like this is something that your grandkids are gonna are gonna be able to uh, remember it and, and be taught. And it's just like he's so passionate, man. He's, and and you know, it's funny too because like he's basically been to ten Super Bowls at this point, and like he's still just as fired up. So we like like yo, like we got a roll. Like like our time is now. Like he he really had us ready to go. Is it true, Chris, that he ended his speech before the Super Bowl by getting up in front of you guys and eating W's? <laughs> 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 that, that that remains to be told. <laughs> hey, just uh, something man, I heard. It, hey, it didn't happen. Yeah, uh, word on the street is it it didn't happen. But okay, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm a reliable source. You know, I might have been. I might have been looking out the way or something. <laughs> well, you're a reliable source for this. I, I read you when you were much younger. You said when you were growing up, you had two goals. You wanted to make it to the NFL, and you wanted to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Chris, you did both of those by the time you're 24 years old. So my question, where do you go from now? Like you've conquered the world. How do you stay hungry? And what's the new goals? Man, you, you said that perfectly, man. Like that was um, reaching those two goals by the time I'm 24. Like that was, that was so surreal to me. I'm like, like, this is so unbelievable. Like I never really thought it would happen that fast. You know, like I always wanted it to happen, but it happened so fast. And now it's like, like, that's what I spent the last uh, really like month and month and a half doing is figuring out like, how do I continue to motivate myself? How do I continue to, to, to want to elevate? And thankfully, just like the competitor in me, it, it didn't take much for me to realize like the path that like that I'm on. Right. Cause now it's like, I got a taste of it. You know, it's like when a shark, you know, smell blood, like now you want to go, you want to go for the kill. So I, I want to do it year in and year out. Like that's why we played as a win. Like when two bowls win championships and it was so much fun. I want to do that every year. You know, so I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm working towards all that. Yeah, I guess the idea now of going to, you know, we went 10 and six or 10 and seven and went to the divisional round and lost like that that doesn't do it for me anymore. Like I got the taste of the good stuff. Yeah, Yeah. we got to do better. And and it's going to be good, too, because we we know what it takes to get to that point. You know what I mean? Like we know how good we got to be. And you just keep applying that, keep getting better. And honestly, we... We 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 could be so much better than we were at, at any point last season, and that's the exciting and scary part. So, you know, I was reading an article that GQ wrote about you, and this thing came out in December. Now, not mm-hmm. September, not October, December, like the end of the season. And GQ writes, "Not everything has gone smoothly for the team, and they they do have a winning record and a good shot at making the playoffs." Like that's <laughs> what they were writing in a big magazine in December, <laughs> yeah. and then you guys just like did like Dracarys and just burned the world down. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, th- things were looking a little shaky there. Right. Like, and you know, that little stretch in November where, you know, we lose to the Rams saints and the chiefs and everyone's like, Oh, like pump, play, pump with the brakes, you know, the bandwagon fans are hopping off, mm-hmm. but it's like in a locker room, you know, nobody wavered, man. Like it was like a little bit more of a sense of urgency. Like we got to turn it on because every game from this point is a playoff game. Cause 
the reality was, you know, in theory, we, like, we were fighting for our playoff lot. Like, if we lose, you know, then the, the Cardinals or somebody else could jump ahead of us, and that puts us in a bad spot. But we went out, which we, we control that destiny. We're going to be good. And you rolled up on the Chiefs 31 to 9. Nah, like, just yeah. an absolute – they didn't score a touchdown, dude. It's amazing. That. Amazing. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy to me. Our, our defense, they played their butts off, man. And Coach Bowles dialed it up. Like, that was amazing to watch. I'm like, like they were, I'm watching Mahomes run back and forth. Like, he's running like 500 yards, like, behind the line of scrimmage. I've never seen it like that. But, like, man, they, they, they really brought it. We're going on question four now. You're going to bring it. Let's get hot, Chris. Let's get two in a row. Your category for number question number four is the GOAT, but not the one you think. Here you go. Michael Jordan wore number 23 and number 45 during his career. But for one game, he also wore another number in the NBA. What number was it? Probably the best number to have, number 12. Interesting. He says Michael Jordan wore number 12. That couldn't possibly be right, could it? Did Michael Jordan wear number 12? Dude, you had that one. That was uh-huh. easy for you. That was easy. Because I, I, once I saw it, I'm like, yo, Michael Jordan even knows what's up. the story is he got his jersey stolen one night 1990 and they had to give him a backup jersey that said number 12 with no nameplate no name chris no no name at all um you had a name on the back of yours it said godwin here's the deal for those who don't know you were number 12 in high school at middletown you Mm. were number 12 in college at penn state you were number 12 in the nfl all of a sudden and by the way your fiance mariah's instagram is Miss 12. Yeah. That is her handle. Yeah. So, dude, no one is is more tattooed with 12 across your whole life. And then, you know, this pretty boy quarterback from Michigan shows up one day and all of a sudden he's like, I'll take 12. Chris, you've talked about this a lot. When Brady reached out, what did he say to get that number? I want to know what he said. Really, it was like, um, he. it, it really wasn't uh, how anybody like would really think. Like, we were really like having like, a conversation and it was like, yeah. It was like our second conversation at this point, you know, like after like we had the intro call and then like we just kind of like talking on FaceTime, getting to like get to know each other, you know, putting face to names and start to kind of get a feel for each other. And he's like, um, he just kind of like brings up like the number. He's like, yeah, like I know like you were number 12 and like, you know, like I don't want to make like a big deal about it, you know, any, anything like that. Like if you, like if you, if you would let me have it, like, you know, I would love to have the Jersey and me, I'm like, man, like, like you're Tom Brady, bro. Like, I like I I understand the gravity of the situation. Like it's bigger than me. And like the last thing I want to do is like when you know this legendary quarterback is coming to town, he wants to come play with us. And I'm like, nah, bro. Like you can't get this. You know what I'm saying? Because like you know he got TB12. It's a lot of stuff like that's going around it. So like who am I to just be like nah? Like you can't have it. You know. And, and like I said in, in previous interviews, like in hopes that at some point later down the road, you know, it's gonna come back to me. So he does the one icebreaker call. Hey, nice to meet you. It's going to be great. We're going to do great things together. <laughs> and then in the second call, it's uh, Play on you. so about this 12 thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's very smooth, dude. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's a little setup. He set me up. But no, nah, nah, he's, he's a great guy, man. That's my guy. No, at no point. As ambitious as you are and, you know, your future. At no point when he says about this 12, do you say, absolutely, you're Tom Brady. I know what time it is. So let's talk turkey. I mean, there's you must have had because this happens all the time, dude. You yeah. know this happens. Oh, I got this money. I got this much. It's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He has uh, almost infinite wealth. He has this company. Like you could have made a really nice payday, but you yeah. didn't. Why did you choose to give away money? I'm sure he would have paid it. Yeah. Honestly, like I, I had thought about it. Um, like before, like you know, like when we sign him, and then you know, like in my head, I'm like, oh damn, like he's probably gonna win number twelve. And then, like, I would see, you know, people, like, talking about it. And then, like, I saw, I, I think I saw one graphic that was, like, what people, what different players got for their numbers. And, like, yeah, when it came down to it and, like, I'm having a conversation, I'm, like, I can't bring myself to do that, you know? Like, because, like, I know that, like, I'd be a little annoyed if some young guy, some third-year guy is, like, yo, like, I, like I've been in the league 20 years, some third-year guy is, like, yo, you need to give me X amount of money. I'm like, family, what are you talking about? Like, you, like, you know what I've done? Like, you know what I've given to the game? So I'm like, I can't do that. Like, like it, it didn't feel right. So I just went with, you know, with my gut. It's It was a classy move. It, it would have come off maybe a little tacky if you didn't. And yet, Chris, I, I worry that in that moment when you were looking at that payday, you're thinking, 
you know what? Never mind the payday. I know after the season, the Bucks are going to lock me up long term anyway, so I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to get to that. We're moving on though, because Chris Godwin is heated up. He is now two of four. He's got two points. We go to question number five. Chris, you still have the lifeline. You were in good shape. You can get a great score. Your category for question number five is rock music. All right. Do you like the rock and roll music or no? Uh, I think my lifeline is almost certainly going to be used here. (laughs) (laughs) Calling his shot on the lifeline. We haven't had a lot of it. Here you go. But I'm going to tie it to you, and maybe you'll be able to get this. Buccaneers general manager Jason Light wears what rock band's T-shirt to every game? Hmm. That's a good one. the big man. GM Jason Light. I'm going to use the lifeline. Be, because anytime I see Jason, he's wearing a suit, and so I don't I don't know what he's what he wear underneath the suit. All right, the most infamous words and in ten questions. I'm going to use the lifeline. Bring in young Richie Bozek. Richie, 26 years old. This is Chris Godwin, uh, 25 years old. Say hello, Chris. How's it going, man? It's great to meet you. Hey, it's nice to meet you too, man. I, I'm praying that you can help me, man. I need it. I need some help. <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. Bucks GM Jason Light uh, goes against convention. He's not up in the booth. He is down on the sideline for games. He wears this shirt to the games. It's a rock band. It's iconic. They're legendary. You two have 30 seconds to talk it out. Make magic. Chris, if you don't know this, I definitely don't. So let's just like, I'm going <laughs> to... Oh, God. All right, so... Okay, uh, so let's see. my, uh, my guess is Nirvana, maybe. Um, Nirvana, I don't know. AC, I don't know that many bands. ACDC, uh, okay. Metallica. Um, I, okay, I, I feel like it's either one of those two over Nirvana. I don't know. I feel like ACDC sounds like, like I feel like I might have seen that somewhere. I, I mean, I like, like that ACDC? One. Yeah, let's do it. We're going right. to do that. <laughs> We're going to do it. Okay. Richie, as always, an incredible resource for these people who come on our show, make them feel right at home. Chris, I'm going to need a final answer from you. All right. We're going to do a ACDC final answer. Okay. Chris Godwin thinks his own GM, who he sees all the time, the general manager of the team wears an ACDC shirt to games. Is it ACDC? It's not ACDC. Here's what's going to kill you guys. I'm so sorry, Chris. <laughs> it's not. It's, 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 it's Metallica. I'm sorry. You guys, have you ever heard of Metallica? Either of you? Of course. Yeah. I mean, we almost had it, but. Chris, do you know Metallica at all? They're, they're banned from San Francisco. They're really big in the 90s. Um, I do. I've heard of them. I don't. I don't know anything of like. I know like, like legendary and all that. Man, I gotta. I gotta be more cultured. <laughs> Next no, time, that, that, I'll it's be ready. before your time. Richie, exit Sandman. Get out of. You're out of here. <laughs> this one. This one goes in your negative file. Um, damn. Uh, all right. So we're talking about Jason Light. I, I love Jason Light. Like personally, he's my text buddy. He's fantastic. Let me ask you a question. You guys win the Super Bowl, thirty-one to nine. You're supposed to get picked apart. The coaches leave, the players leave. You guys go and you know, win seven games next year. How the hell did you keep all 22 starters on this team? Man, I honestly, I wanted the same thing. Like 100%. Like I, going to the offseason, I'm like, man, I, I don't see there any way of them being able to keep, you know, uh, you know, Meshach and Levante, let alone everybody. And so like, you know, like you, I get tagged and then Levante gets his deal. I'm like, all right, well, like, you know, there we are. And then Shaq gets a deal. I'm like, like, how did they do that? And then they bring back Sue. I'm like, they're they're obviously magicians. Like they got something going on, you know. But you know, Jason and Mike and, and Jack, they they did a hell of a job. And I, I think it, it's gonna it's gonna make everybody on the team like much more excited for the year. But it should make the fans excited too. Chris, I'm curious about this. You're in such a unique position to describe it, especially since you were about to get married. It always feels, from my perspective, like getting tagged as saying, we love you, we love you, but we're not ready to marry you. It's complicated. What does it feel like when it comes down and you find out they've used the tag on you, no long-term deal? Yeah, it's definitely interesting, you know, because it is is similar similar to what you're saying, you know, it's like, it's like we want you around, but like, you know, how long, you know what I'm saying? But I also understand that, you know, different, like the tag is different for different guys. Like, you know, there's some guys where the tag is really like, yo, like we still don't know what we have with you. Whereas in some situations, it's like, we don't have the money quite yet, you know, to, like allocated to be able to get you to a long-term deal. So, you know, let's that, put this here as a placeholder and let's see if we can figure out something later down the road. 
Um, and so I kind of view it as that, you know, just a placeholder and that both sides want to get, you know, something done long-term. And so it's just, it's just a matter of time and everything coming together. Fans are sitting at home and they're saying, okay, that makes sense. And you're such a great teammate, such a good person. Why doesn't Shaq get the placeholder? Why doesn't Levante get the placeholder? It's not only that they didn't choose me long-term, yep. they chose other guys. And I, how come they couldn't get tagged? Yeah. And and I I went over that in my head too, you know. And a lot yeah. of times, like you know, like you 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 can't really get too caught up in the business uh, aspect of it, you know. Like trying to figure out like why people do certain things. Like the only thing that I can do is really control what I what I do, you know what I mean. And that's you know being a good person, being a good teammate, coming to work and working hard every day, improving, you know, that not only do I earn the one that they just gave, but I earn you know that I should get more, um, and I should be around long term. You feel me? And so that's what I'm going to continue to do. And I'm going to let the people that I hired to handle the business, handle the business, Mm -hmm. you know? Smart. It's really smart. Uh, The business is going to change a little bit next year for everybody, not just you guys, the whole league. How do you feel about playing 17 regular season games? Not thrilled about it. You know, I, to be honest, like it, I think it, it it puts some, some, some guys at a little bit of an extra risk, but uh, you know, it is what we signed. You know, we signed the CBA, so we got to go to work no matter what. Um, it'll be interesting this first year to see how it plays out. But I, th- I think after like a year or two, it'll just be normal. You know, like we'll feel like, oh, okay, it's just a 17th week. Um, but I- I'm hoping that it doesn't have like bad implications in terms of like guys health down the road. Should they include a second bye week? I would love a second bye week. <laughs> I think all guys would love a second bye week. I think it'll make, you know, it, it will, it'll, I think that will make for some better games down the season, like late the season anyway. You know, I think after Bowie's guys come back like refreshed and re-energized, like they want to play more, they play harder, and their bodies feel better. I think it'll be smart. I don't think you're getting that second bye week, Chris. <laughs> Me Sorry, <either>. dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I that's happening. We can hope though. Yeah, no, you can hope, you can dream. You know, if you want a second bye week, then you know, get a bye week going into the playoffs. You guys yeah. don't have to work as hard as you did last year. That's it. Other current event I want to ask you about before we move on. There's a lot of buzz right now that has players really excited. And it's this idea that skill position guys could go to single digit numbers. You are always a double digit guy, 12, now 14. What do you think of that? Should the league do that? I like it. I'm a big fan of that idea. Um, I think that I think it's cool how they do it in college. You know, I I haven't really understood why they don't do it. Like why they don't allow it in the pros, Um, especially because we have like names on the back and stuff like that. But I like the idea, you know, and, and, and if it, if it did get passed, like if it did change, I would, I would, I would seriously consider going to a single digit for the first time in my life. Well, now post 12, like it, it's wide open. You go anywhere. It's, wi- like, it's where, wide open yeah. now. What would you go? Like one or something cool like that? Uh, I, honestly, probably like, like five, six or seven, you know, those, okay. that, those kind of be like sweet spots for me. You know, like, like five has always been cool. Like Reggie Bush made that cool. You know, yeah. uh, seven is half of 14 and just like a lucky seven. And then uh, I'm a big Drake fan. So six, you know, like well, six God kind of deal. OK, interesting. I wonder if Drake will come up uh, later in the show. He might right now. Uh, Chris, after every show, we send you one of these shirts and it has your number on it with your final score. Mine says 10. But right now, your jersey number is definitely going to be single digits. And we'll find <laughs> out what it's going to be, because as we go to question six, you are two out of five. We are past halftime. Chris, your, your category for question six College football. Here we go. Who was the last Penn State Nittany Lion to win the Heisman Trophy? Um, let's go with John Cappelletti. I'm sorry, who? I, I'm not familiar with that name. Uh, John Cappelletti. <laughs> John Cappelletti, he says. John Cappelletti. Is that right? John Capaletti, running back, 1973. Not a household name, Chris. I think, I, I hope Nittany Lions are going to be pissed if I get this wrong. I think it's also the only Heisman Trophy winner you guys have. The, oh, that, that's why I knew it. He's the only one. Which, which is surprising to me. Like, you know, yeah. there, there's been a lot of elite players coming out of Penn State. So I don't know. When I looked it up, I thought, wait, I thought Kijana won that thing. I thought mm-hmm. maybe, no, John Capaletti. Um, I'm asking you not to talk about Penn State, but to talk about Heisman winners. Mm-hmm. You used to play with a guy, a number one overall pick Heisman guy, Jameis Winston. And you have this quote about Jameis that I found. He's obviously now with the Saints. You, wrote, you said about Jameis, 
I feel like Jameis gets a bad rap sometimes, and people may think it seems like the cool thing to hop on the bandwagon and kind of trash him. Chris, what was it like playing with Jameis? Honestly, I had a I had a really good experience playing with Jameis. You know, like me and him are still cool. You know, like we text all like throughout the season. Um, like Jameis is a is a really he's a really dope guy, and he's very passionate about football. He's a smart guy. He has like you know, has a really strong arm. You know, obviously the turnovers are what they are, and, and you have to correct those, but. In terms of being like a teammate, you know, he's a really good teammate, man. I got nothing but respect for him because I know that like, like anytime, like, bro, like whether it's a good play or a bad play, you know, the next, in the huddle, like for the next play, he's going to be the same dude, you know, he's like win, lose or draw. He's the same guy. And, and I have a lot of respect for that. You know, he, he does take a lot of heat and a lot of it he brings on himself for years. You know, it's, it's people in the media about decisions he's made off the field. And then just the decisions he's made on the field, that number 30, Sticks with him. He threw 30 interceptions in one season. When you turn on the TV or look at Twitter and you see people taking runs at Jameis, how do you feel? You you hate to see stuff like that, but like at the same time, like you understand that, like, you know, it, it, it's what comes with the territory, right? You know, quarterbacks, you know, are, are the you know the most criticized and 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 praised court, you know, position on the field, right? You know, it's the it's one of the most important positions, if not the most important position uh, in the game. And so when you have a quarterback, especially one that was drafted uh, first overall, he's expected to do certain things. And when, and when you don't, people are going to get on you, you know? And so it, it comes with the territory. Um, It sucks, but that's what it is. You know, there's so much talk that's all leading up to this season that, you know, he's going to be the Saints starting quarterback, most likely. Can the Saints make a playoff run? Can they get to a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston? From my perspective, having not played with him, I just don't think he can. Like, I think he's electric and I think he's talented, but I just don't know if he can get to the Super Bowl. You've not only played with him, you've played with a guy who's gotten a 10. What does Jameis need to do differently? Like, how does his game need to evolve to be like, Jameis Winston has gotten to the Super Bowl? Honestly, it, it, would just, it just has to come down to his uh, decision making, you know, because like that's, he, he has all the, you know, all the things that you would want in a quarterback. You know, he has the arm talent for sure to make all the throws that you need him to make is just, you know, not being so much of a gunslinger and taking some unnecessary risks, you know, it, it's learning when to take your losses. And um, just like listening to him kind of talking, you know, with like in interviews and, and stuff like that, it seems like he's learned that it seems like this past year has been really good for him and for his like development. And I think, I think he's stepping into a good situation, you know, got a good offense, great, you know, great skill players around him. Uh, I'm not looking for him to 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 do uh, anything great in terms of like Super Bowls this year because obviously mm. he's in our he's in our he's in our division. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, I do expect him to have a good year. Last Jameis question, yeah, legendary moment. Uh, it's Bucks at New Orleans in the Superdome. The team gathers around. He's giving a hype up speech, and he starts eating W's. What are you thinking? <laughs> You're standing right there, Chris. Yeah, that was so funny. I was. Uh, <laughs> I was so shocked. And like, it, like whenever you get a chance to go and like go back and rewatch the video, like I'm like in the back left of him, right? This, I think it's like my second year. And like, I have no idea like what's about to happen. And he started eating a W and my face. I'm like, what? Like, what did he just do? And like, and I know James, cause like James is like after, you know, pregame, he runs into the locker room. And he's the first guy there. And he's going to dab everybody up. Like last, like, let's go. And so like, I know he's going to do that. And I just watched him eat it, like eat a W, lick his fingers. I'm like, yo, there's no shot that I'm touching those fingers right now. <laughs> we get to the locker room. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you, bro. <laughs> yeah, you guys were, were social distancing before COVID from oh, Jameis. Yeah. For sure. So at, when that thing blew up and like everyone was talking about it and everyone like, did that become a joke? Would you guys like bust the chops about that? Was he aware about the eating W thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we uh, we were busting his chops about it uh, throughout the season, and like, and he was a good sport about it. Like, you know, he. I think I think all guys that give like pregame speeches, like do that all that motivational stuff. I think yeah. you know they're they're pretty like self aware, and like when something's bad, like you can't say it in a moment, like damn, like that was trash. But like after the fact, we we gonna let you we gonna let you hear about it. <laughs> see, I got to go back and look at you because every time I watch it. I see Deshaun in the background and he's just yeah. like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was very much the same for me. Like that, that's almost like the same reaction. It's hilarious, man. It, it's still funny to me to this day. Oh man. All right. Well, that, a legendary moment. I know you're a fan of Jameis and I respect it. 
Moving on, question number seven. Awesome job with John Capaletti. Chris, sometimes I, I go through these and I think oh, he'll get this one, this one. I just, I'd never heard of John Capaletti, but you know, yeah. I didn't play at Beaver Stadium. Question seven. This is really fun. Everybody's favorite category, finish the lyric. Chris, I'm going to play for you a very popular song. You're going to hear the lyricist doing his or her thing. You're going to hear it for about 15 seconds and it's going to stop. And when the lyricist or singer stops, you have to say the next line, sing it, rap it, whatever it may be. Understand? Yeah. Here we go. Chris Godwin, finish this lyric. I don't want to die for them to miss me. Yes, I see the things that they wishing on me. Hope I got some brothers that outlive me. They gon' tell the story shit was different with me. God's plan. <laughs> God's plan. Yeah. Light him up. That's it. Yeah. That's my boy. God's plan. Yeah. God's plan. Oh, uh, you had a big ass smile on that one. Yeah. That's nah. So Drake, Drake's my favorite artist. Uh he's been that way for since just like my freshman year of high school. So, you know, it, I, pretty much any Drake song you play, I'll I'll it's a good shot that I'm gonna do the lyrics. All right. That one has 1.2 billion views on YouTube. So it's pretty easy. God's plan. Chris, I got to tell you, I said this at the top of the show. Godwin is the coolest name ever. What an amazing last name, Godwin. Is that real? That's you didn't make that up. I did not make it up. <laughs> there, there's a bunch tell of me Godwins. about that name. Yeah, um, honestly, I, I wish I had like a, a in depth, you know, history behind it. But no, nah, it's it's a phenomenal last name. You know, even when I was when I was a kid, like I thought it was like a dope last name. You know, like. If it, like anybody that's like remotely like religious are like, oh, like God went, like God wins. They're like, yeah. yeah, like everyone, everyone says the same thing. They love it. It's like, it's like the two things that make the world go round: God and winning. Like you could yeah. be, you know, Chris Devil loss and that would not be nearly as cool. <laughs> <laughs> would be the complete opposite of cool. And not, yeah, like, I'm Chris it, Satan defeat. No, I'm God win. That's a fact. <laughs> it, it's funny though, because like it, it, you would think it's a simple last name, but like, you know, so many people uh, will, will hit me with a good one. And I'm just like, oh, like, it, it's like, I know you're like, you were looking at it, right? Like, don't just assume that there's two O's. It's like, you're not reading the Bible, like a good said, no, like, no, it's God said, you feel me? Like, mm-hmm. don't auto correct my Godwin. Oh, yes. Goodwin. Goodwin's Goodwin. a pedestrian. Yeah. Yeah. It's Godwin. Come on. It's a great name. It really is. And I also ask you, obviously, God's plan, Godwin, but there's also someone that you know in the God's plan video. And he plays the same position for the same team. AB is in yeah. that video. Chris, you have so many teammates this last past year who are like huge NFL celebrities. Is it Brady and Gronk and AB? These are like Avengers of sorts. Like you have all these opinions and impressions of them beforehand going into this season when AB like Brady snaps his fingers and AB is on the team. What was your, what was your impression of Antonio Brown before he was your teammate? Um, I would say before he was my teammate, I think my, um, I think the expectation was that obviously he's, he's a phenomenal talent. Like one thing I've always heard about him is that he works his tail off. Like, you know, it's like, it's noticeably different from everybody else. You know, you just go out there. That's why he's so good in the fourth quarter. Um, but then you also have like, you know, the outside noise of like what's been going on. And so I headed into, I'm like, I don't know which AB we're going to get, you know what I mean? Like, like I would imagine that the reason that he's coming here is because he's doing a lot better, but you never really know how people are until you, until you start to deal with them. Uh, so like that was kind of my expectation. And then when you start having him as a teammate, you're in the wide receiver room with them. You're in with him a lot of time in practice, a lot of time on him. What was it? What surprised you about how he showed up as a Buccaneer? Uh, honestly, I think how, uh, how humble he was. Right. So like, obviously like he's, he's a very confident guy, you know, he, and he can talk trash like, with the best of them, but like off the field, he's, he was so humble. Like, you know, like he was so like complimentary of me, you know what I mean? Like first thing he really said to me, was like, yo, like, are you a beast? Like, you know, I love watching you play. I'm like, I mean, I've been watching you play for years, you know? And like, just like, you know, going about teaching like younger guys, like whatever he knows, you know, we got a bunch of young receivers and just like teaching like, like little tricks, you know, to the trade, you know, how to, how to be better at, at toe tapping. Cause we all know he's good at that, you know, and just, and he was just bringing like a ton of energy. So like, it was, it was really cool. I always try to shoot straight here. So Chris, I'm just going to go cards on the table. I've been really critical of Antonio. Um, the way things ended in Pittsburgh, the way things ended with the Raiders, a lot of really terrible headlines, things said about him, treatment of women, things like that, just awful stuff. 
that stuff's out there. You guys mm-hmm. all see it. You see it on your phone. You see it on TV. When someone like that comes into the locker room, how do you receive them? How do you approach something like that? Because it's such a loaded figure in so many ways, and they're not all great. Yeah, and that's a great point. I, it's, I think each situation is very different, right? Like you gotta, you have to treat each individual person as that, um, because like a lot of times, like there will be stuff that's like swirling in the media, and like sometimes like the stuff won't be true, or like even if it is true it may be something that was so far back that that's not the same person anymore, or they might've gotten help. And so you, it's a delicate situation. Like you can't just go approach it as if like, yo, like I know all about you. Like I know what you do. Like, yo, don't talk. Um, and it's a good thing that we, and that I didn't do that because he turned out to be, you know, a good teammate, you know, he was a good guy. He brought a lot of positive energy to us and you have to judge people based on like how you experience them, you know, as opposed to, to judging them off of something that you may have heard, you know, through a uh, second or third party. Appreciate you talking about that, Chris. We have three questions left. You're a four out of seven. Let's finish this thing strong. What do you say we go get a seven out of 10? It's possible right now. You into that? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm definitely. All right. Here we go. Question number eight. It's something that you're sort of bordering on becoming. I think you're there. Your category of question number eight is celebrity couples. Okay, here we go. <laughs> celebrity couples. David Beckham's wife was in what pop group? Spice Girls. The Spice Girls? Yeah. You think you think David Beckham married a Spice Girl? All that's right. My, that's my best guess. What would you say is your confidence level? Zero to hundred. Zero to hundred. I say about 65, 70%. 65 to 70. <laughs> All right. This guy's feeling himself. Did David Beckham go and marry himself a Spice Girl? Damn right he did, Chris. Posh yes. Spice. That's who he married. Oh, yes. Posh. That's her. Yes. Victoria. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, being I, in the late 90s. I just remembered why I know that. It's a Drake lyric. Yeah, uh, and and one of Drake's songs, he says something like, and my wife is a spice like I'm David Buckham. <laughs> Shout out to Drake. Listen, that's my guy. Shout out to Drake, man. Come on. Who knew? I did not know that lyric. Um, I know this, that you have passed Steve Smith Sr. with your score. You've also passed Bill Simmons, who keeps the lights on here, so that's big. I'm asking <laughs> you about that because, Chris, you do any research about you, you start digging into it, and so many wonderful things come up about your fiance Mariah. Mm-hmm. Um you guys have this beautiful relationship so much so that I think kind of you make the rest of us look bad. Like we all think we're in love and we love our wife and stuff. And then you see what you have with Mariah, who you've not just been high school sweethearts with like freshman year, high school early on. And I want to ask you about it, but first I want to play this clip that melted everybody's heart. You win the Super Bowl at 24 years old. You and Mariah find your, find each other on the field in the middle of the confetti she jumps into your arms and then you lie down and do confetti. It, it sounds like this. This absolutely melts your heart. Listen to this. Let's go! <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I can't feel my legs. <laughs> this is so crazy. Hey, hey. <laughs> We're the best in the world. Hey, let's go. Hey, hey, this is wow. Chris, what's it like to listen to that? Man, it's um, it, it's it's such a special feeling, man. Um, because like they had told me they were going to mic me up like a week before the game. So like by the time we got to it, I had no idea. I, I just completely forgot. Um, and so like after the game, like I find Mariah and, and, and like, that's such a pure moment. Right. And like, I have no idea that anybody's watching this, like none of us, neither of us knew. And it's like, we have, like, we now have that special moment, you know, that we experienced together. We have it on video. Like we have that forever. Um, and that's such a dope thing to me, you know? You can play that for your grandchildren if you want. That can be an heirloom. And it's so real because you didn't know and you're just being yourself. It's listen, I, I'm I'm kind of a softy. Like I it moves me. I love it. I um I like reading about I, the football stuff's great, but I like reading about your relationship. She's even posted things about you and she used to fall asleep on the phone together as freshmen in high school. And now here you are. You've also said, Chris, some of the classics like that you've been together 
through thick and thin. What's been the thin? Like what, what's been a tough time for you that you were there for each other for? Um, that's honestly like, like there's, there's been a, a bunch of stuff just like throughout our lives, you know, um, like whether it's like in college, like going through like hardships, like, like family hardships, you know, like losing family members, um, even like in football, you know, like anytime, like I struggle, like, you know, or, or have struggled, I come home and like out the outside world is, you know, is beating down on you. And it's like, I know that when I come home, like I have, like, I have someone that's going to be in my corner and not, not only be there to support me, but also to keep it real with me, you know, like if I have a bad game, like I'm not going to get to my phone and she's like, Oh, you played great. Like she's like, yeah, like what happened? And like, let's talk about it, you know? And then like, and it forces me to be honest with myself, you know, and, and to be able to build and grow through that as opposed to having someone just being like a yes person or kind of coddling you. So I, I got so much, you know, respect, love and admiration for that woman. And, you know, she's made me a better man. And, you know, so that, that's so dope to me. It is. It's to all of us. How I, business combined with family and personal, how did she feel recently when you got the franchise tag? <laughs> she, <laughs> she was less happy about it than, uh, than I was, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Like she, she, I think she initially just viewed it as more of a, as like a slight, right? Like she was like, you know, like, you put your body on the line every day, you know, for the, and like you do so much, like you block, you know, like you're playing with a broken finger this year, you know, all these, mm-hmm. all these things. She's like, like, she felt like I, you know, should have gotten a longer, a longer contract. And I had, I, I explained to her like the different, you know, differences in franchise tags. And like afterwards she kind of understood, but you know, she, like we love it in Tampa and, um, and she just wants, I think she wants me to get the respect that she feels like I deserve. You know what you got to do, Chris? Next year around this time, you got to mic yourself up again. So when you get this like seven year deal from the Buccaneers, you guys can have the same moment same and the celebration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just mic myself up. That's funny. Just mic it up. All right. That's so it. here's what's going on with, with Chris Godwin is we have two questions left. Chris started out slow. It's kind of like Chris, you went into halftime and you had, you know, two catches for 12 yards. And now you've started routing guys up. Now yeah. you start your hands are hot. You're doing the deep stuff, the shallow stuff. And we have two questions left. You are five out of eight. Here we go. Your category for question nine: the Olympics, the Olympic Games. You're an incredible athlete. I wonder if this will lend itself to an answer here. Chris, what Olympic sport is comprised of 10 separate track and field events? Decathlon. Say it again? Decathlon. He says the decathlon. Is is Chris Godwin red hot or is Chris Godwin red hot? It is the damn decathlon. Bring him up. Oh, baby, we are six out of nine. Let's go. Chris, I asked about the decathlon. Um... I want to know who do you think is the single best athlete you've ever been around? Single best athlete? Um, yeah. Wow, that's a good. I would say so. Saquon is definitely like he, he might okay. be might be the top one. I'm trying to figure out who. Uh, Mike's a great athlete too. Yeah, I I would say either Saquon or Mike. I would say like personally. What is it about Saquon? I, I, I'm such a huge fan. I've said it a couple of times the last few years. I think he is the best pure running back in the league. Mm-hmm. You saw him young Saquon, yeah. single digit Saquon back <laughs> at State College. You've been around them all. You, what makes him the best? What makes him special? Um, really? I mean, he, like, he, he has a, a great mix of everything that you want to run it back, right? Like he has, he, he can run with power. He has the speed to run away from guys. You know, he's elusive. Obviously, he jumps over guys like that's what everybody kind of knows him for. Uh, but yeah. he also, you know, he, he can also catch the ball at the backfield. He has really good hands. Like that was something I noticed early on at Penn State. I'm like, he's a running back, but he, but this kid can catch, you know. And I think above all that, right, he's a great dude. You know, what I mean, he carries himself the right way. You know, he's a good role model for kids, and he works his butt off. So I think you pair all of those together, uh, and I'm like, you, you got you got a pretty damn good running back. What's it like, Chris, doing what you do and when you, you play your game on Sunday and then, you know, after the game, you look at the news, you look at your phone and you look down, you see you know, Saquon Barkley tears ACL out for season and just not just him for everybody. When you mm-hmm. see that happen, the guys around the league, like just what does it feel like? Man, I honestly, I say this. I feel like I say this so frequently. Like I tell my writers all the time, like I, I absolutely hate when guys get hurt, especially when it's like a significant injury that's going like, to have about for like a year because it's like we put so much into this game. Like this is our livelihood, right? And a lot of us have been playing for 15, 20 years. 
So we put so much into it, so much training and hey, just to get to the season and to be able to play the entire year and with the hopes of winning a Super Bowl. But then you get hurt, like you tear, uh, you know, an ACL and Achilles, these like severe injuries. It, it just, it devastates guys. You know, like you, that's why you see guys crying. Like it's it not only is it the pain, but it's the realization that I can't do what I do for a year, you know? And, and that, that really bugs me. It bugs me too. It's a huge buzzkill. It's sad. It's tragic. I hate it. Let's end on a positive note before we get to question 10. Chris, 32 NFL teams. Which NFL team has the best offensive weapons in their huddle? Uh, is, is this a trick question? Because we know it's, oh, the, bu- right. it's, it's the Bucks for sure. It's Buccaneers. It's the Buccaneers. Better than the Chiefs? Better than the Chiefs. Better than the Packers? Better than the Packers. Cowboys, pretty nice right now. Better than the Cowboys? Number one. <laughs> well, you guys are good. You know, you, you, you and Mike are good, and Gronk's a little old, and, you know, like the running backs are good. But, like, I don't know. This The Browns are young, exciting. There's some teams that have some really good weapons. None of them are as good as the Bucs. You sure? Yeah. They, they, there's a lot of great, uh, a lot of great offensive units right the week. Don't get me wrong. Like, those guys deserve all the credit that, you know, that they get. But I think, I think we're number one. What makes you so good? Yeah, you, I mean, aside from the Super Bowl ring and the fact that yeah. you just beat everybody in the playoffs, set that yeah, aside. Yeah, yeah, set that aside. What makes all you so good? <laughs> all, all, all those good things aside, no nah, man, I think we have a really, uh, a really good mix of guys. Like we have, you know, we have speed guys, right? Like side is a, a blazing fast guy, right? You got guys that yeah. size, like Mike and Crump, right? And then you have like kind of like the combos, which is like where I kind of eye and like, uh, you know, Lenny, like the running backs, kind of fit in, right? And you just have a great mix of all of that paired with Tom Brady, you know, who, who, who's the, the general of all generals. And he's going to come out and he's going to lead us, you know, to the point, you know, where we need to go. And you smoked Rogers, Mahomes and breeze in the playoffs and the best defense with Washington. It's a very compelling case, which is what you're going to need to make here in question 10, Chris, as we finish up. Now you've done really well. Let's check in with the score. You are six out of nine. You've passed Kirk cousins. You passed Pat McAfee. And question 10 is always an essay question. I've never looked forward to one in all the episodes we've done more than this one. Here's what I mean. Chris, I have done the digging and I have found a take that you've had in your past that you've stated. And I'm going to challenge you on that take. I'm going to present it to you. And then the floor is yours to try to say why you are right. If I'm convinced, I give you the point. If I don't, you get nothing. Again, we've done dozens of these. This is my favorite one we've ever done. Here we go. Question number 10. You and your fiance Mariah were sitting around at home on camera. You're talking about food. You're talking about barbecue. And here is where the conversation went. Listen to this audio. Go. Wing House. We got yeah. Good, like, Wing barbecue. House here in Tampa had really good barbecue. It was, it was like brown sugar yeah, something barbecue. Really good, but, but your usual go to. No, Applebee's is really good. Applebee's. That's like, like Apple my Beast favorite barbecue. barbecue. <laughs> All right. It, lest anyone passed out when they heard that, wake up, have a glass of water, and let me remind you that Chris Godwin's favorite barbecue in the damn world is Applebee's. Chris, the floor is yours to say why this is a justified and brilliant opinion. Go. So I, I have to I have to preface it by saying it's it barbecue sauce. Don't like I don't not the, not the category of barbecue mm. like not ways. So it it just barbecue sauce, right? So their barbecue sauce is so good, right? It, it's like a, it's it's not too sweet, not too tangy. It's a perfect mix of you know of, of barbecue, right? And uh, a lot of places, right? Like if you like if you're a fast food guy, right, and you go to uh, Chick Fil A, like you can't yeah. get you can't dip Chick Fil A nuggets and like in McDonald's barbecue sauce. Like that's, that's kind of psychotic, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't go well together, but Applebee's barbecue sauce, you can dip anything in it. You know what I mean? You can do Applebee's chicken tenders. You can go to Hardee's. You can go to make, it doesn't matter. You can go home, make your own chicken wings, dip it in there. And the barbecue sauce be phenomenal. I'm, I find your explanation fascinating. I really do. Um, you may end up getting an <laughs> Applebee's endorsement out of this, but Chris, you are not getting the point. I cannot oh. give you a point for the best one. I'm sorry. I love you. You will finish with a 6 out of 10. And Chris, you have finished the 10 questions. We learned so much. How do you feel about the 6 out of 10 in your experience here? Uh, you know, I feel like the 6 should be a 7. But, I mean, aside from that, you know, it, it's been great, you know. I, I, I recognize why I went wrong, where I got to be better. You know, learn from it yep. and, and, and build from it. 
No one comes through here and doesn't think they should have a higher score than they did. <laughs> Always. You tied with your boy Gronk, though, who yeah. he and Camille also got a 6 out of 10. Chris, on that note, before you go, everyone does this who comes in here. After you get your final score, yours is a 6, you do a call-out where you challenge one public figure to come on and try to beat your 6 out of 10. Now, this could be a close friend of yours. This could be someone that you idolize and have never met. Who do you think should come in this show and try to beat your six out of ten? Uh, why not? I'll challenge Drake. Oh, all right. Look to the camera. Talk to Drake and tell him to come in and beat your six out of ten. Drake, I challenge you to come on ten questions and beat my six out of ten. It's not as easy as it may seem, but you can't do it. But I bet you he can drop bars about Spice Girls. That's I learned that this time. That is a fact. Chris, <laughs> you got a six, and you did an incredible job selling yourself, selling the bucks. And I love that you were in here. I've always been a fan of your game, and I love you as a personality, too. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah, no problem, man. I really do appreciate you having me. This is awesome. And it's not Chris Goodwin. Tell no. him your name one more time, damn it. Come on, man. It's Chris Godwin, man. Chris, Chris Godwin. Godwin. We will see you next time in 10 Questions. Chris Godwin, you're the best. Appreciate you. Ten Questions with Kyle Brandt is a co-production by Spotify and The Ringer. The show is produced by Richie Bozek, Jason Gallagher, Noah Malale, Steve Allman, Jackson Safan, and Arjuna Ramgopal. Our theme song is by Matt Schiltz and Bobby Lord. Additional sound design by Bobby Lord. 